we have is a measure of time. All we have is measures of time. Seasons of our lives. Seasons of our ages, of our times. Seasons and seasons and times within seasons. There's a season, there's a time for everything under the sun. I think the greatest miscue of life is not knowing the seasons. If a person does not know the season that they're in, and the time that they're in, then they will be doing things out of season. A person can easily live a whole entire life out of season. The Lord spoke and said in his wisdom there, but there's a time for everything under the sun. There's a time for everything under this sun. Hey, Sylvia. There's a time for everything in your life. Meaning that if I'm having babies when I should be accumulating wealth, when I should be accumulating understanding of who I am and myself, I'm tearing down things and I should be building up. I'm out of season. If I'm planting when I should be harvesting. If I'm planning when I should be acknowledging. I'm speaking when I should be quiet. I'm embracing those that I should not touch. I'm out of season. How many things in my life and your life have been done out of season? Decisions made, people getting married at times in their lives out of season. I love it. <laughs> out of season, we are a people. not knowing what we should be doing at any point in our lives. Just out of season. Have no idea the plan that the Lord has. Have no idea the, the, the plans that the Lord has for our lives. Are unfamiliar with his ways unfamiliar with his seasons. So we're unfamiliar with our seasons. I'm talking to the born again believers. Because the born again believer should be the one that's in season. 
because of who's living in your spirit. If anyone should know the seasons of life, it should be the born-again believer. <coughs> you should be like a spiritual antenna in the spirit realm, gauging and, and understanding what the moves of God is. And what I mean by the moves of God, I mean his emotional shifts and tides. You know, God has emotions. The Lord never said that emotions were bad. But you know, you can channel and understand your emotions through the understanding and heart of Christ. But you can still activate in your emotions. You know, God has emotions. He has feelings. You know, you can hurt God's feelings. I didn't, I didn't say just do what you want to do because you big and bad and grown enough to do it. I mean, you can literally hurt God's feelings. You can make God feel sorry that he ever created you. You know him a little and then further the matter, don't we? We do evil against God and our neighbor and we get away with it. So we think God doesn't see us. We think that God is not watching and understanding one thing and two things. One, why should God not look into your affairs? Why should the living God of all the universe not look into your affairs? What, what, should, what armor shall we put up that the Lord may not look into our affairs? What, what means shall we use that God cannot see what we do in the dark? How we persecute our loved ones. How we rape, how we rob, how we murder, how we treat the poor, how we run over the sick, how we devour the elderly. and sacrifice our children. Shall God not look into these matters? Why should God not ask for an account for these activities? Why, why shouldn't he ex ask for an explanation? Why shouldn't the God of all the universe inquire as to who's responsible for this calamity?
Why should the God of the universe stay silent? At the disobedience and the wickedness of his created beings. Why should God not deal with his enemy? God is the greatest storyteller ever. He's telling you a tale of how something he created was so precious to him was corrupted and stolen. And because that thing that got stolen and was corrupted developed Stockholm Syndrome, it loved his captive. It loved being captivated. It loved being the center of attention, both good and evil, by those that held it in captivity. Humanity became infatuated with the prison warden. Prison warden has so many trinkets in his in his penitentiary. So many levels of sin, so many levels of pleasure, so many levels of self righteousness, so many levels of self, self, self. Unto the good and the bad. The beautiful side of evil. Humanity fell in love with the fruit, with the taste. Of those that held it in captivity. Now I understand something about the nature. where Israel could not take the taste out of the heathen nations out of their mouth not for too long they would go back and forth they would worship on the hills and place their body down on altars of gods and burn their children. And today, the modern day born again believer burns his children, lays down on the altar of Baal, desiring prosperity, desiring fertility, desiring only the things that are good in the nature of Baal. Preaching the message of Baal. Israel was trapped in the idolatrous nature of the kingdoms around it. Couldn't get it out of its taste buds. And we can't get it out of our taste buds either. And the Lord has to come and smack the taste out of our mouth.
Jesus Christ. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Does that mean? When you sit down at a table or something, you carve it up. You put it on a fork or with your fingers and you taste it. The flavor from your tongue bursts into understanding into your life. Bursts of understanding into your mindset. Bursts of understanding into your heart. You're tasting and seeing what the ingredients that God put in it. The love he has for you. The sacrifice and also the judgment in the name of Jesus. The judgment of the Lord is sweet. The judgment of the Lord is pure. Righteous altogether. Taste and see that he's good. I got six minutes less. Sit down and understand that you have a God, you have a Lord, and that you can taste him. You can taste his goodness in your spirit. You can taste him in your heart. And you know that he's good. And all other foods will be will be sour in your belly all other foods will be sorrow and sorry to your soul and sour in your heart because you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good you can't eat from the table of Satan anymore it's not as tasty as it once was you can't pretend that you're eating a delicious meal and it tastes like death. You say, death warmed over. How can you warm over death? But many of us dine at death's diner table every night of our lives when we live in misery. You're dining. You're eating a food of misery. Reminiscing over memory. See, the reminiscing is the, 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 the leftover taste buds of what you consumed. Coming on, pushing up on three minutes. I want to sit down. No, my Lord. And understand. That the world has been feeding me garbage. I don't want to eat garbage anymore. I want to dine on the pure word of the Lord in my spirit. But I got to get the word. So you see, you got to connect it to the word of God. Forget all that other stuff. You connect to that word of God. You pick it up. You read it for yourself. And you ask the Lord to explain it to you. You research and do your search. But you're searching for him now. What do you mean when you say that, Lord? Okay, well, what does this person say about that passage? Okay, and what does this, oh, oh, now I see, Lord, search for him. Just don't say to yourself, well, I don't understand that, and I don't understand what that means, and that's the end of it. 
slothful. That's an unprofitable servant. Don't worry, I only got a minute and a half left. What is this notion that those that belong to the Lord Jesus Christ is able to turn away from his word so quickly? Without reservation, they immediately challenge it. I know I understand it. I used to tiptoe around the things in the word of God I didn't like so much. I didn't read those parts. I left those parts to the experts. The Lord said, I am the expert and I'm about to show you what I mean. Because what you don't like is the thing that's always coming for you from the word of God. What you avoid from that word of God will always seek you out. So you have to deal with it. Lord, give you wisdom dealing with that thing that the word of God seeks you out about. You know that the word of God will come looking for you. Because you got something that belongs to him. You got his Holy Spirit in that temple. It's time for fellowshipping. It's time for you to come forth, man of God, woman of God, spirit of that man and that woman of God. It's time for you to present yourself before your Lord. 